Accountability, by definition, is a vulnerable process. I'm going to understand how vulnerability works. Empathy fuels connection. Connection is why we're here. Tell the story of who you are with your full heart. Vulnerability and tenderness are important. You cannot selectively numb emotion. What's up, Don? Ryan? You all right? I'm great. How are you? Uh, a little tired. You know that. That's fair. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm refreshed. Refreshed? Yeah. 11 11. Today's a great day. Okay. Happy Veterans Day. Oh, it's Veterans Day? It is. I don't know any veterans. I'm lying. Yes, I do. Uh, okay. Yes, I do. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know some veterans. Um. Hey, welcome back to Ryan's room. I'm Ryan. And I'm Lady Don. We have a special guest, as you can see. Um, Sierra Jones. Sierra Jones. Hi, Sierra. How, how are you, Sierra? I'm well. You're well? We got to yes. get a little closer because I can't see, hear you. There we go. There we go. Um, so, last episode, we discussed the 7,000 stages of grief. Okay? Correct. It seemed like it was 7,000. Five, 000. but with Okay. It was that many? That, yeah, but we missed a few. Seven. Okay. Let's shock and test at it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh we have Sierra here because she is a licensed therapist. Yes. Okay. Um a uh, uh, social worker, I want to say. Mental health practitioner. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you said mental health pregnant seer. Don't I start. Uh, I didn't mental know. Mental health practitioner. <laughs> okay. What is a mental health practitioner? Basically, it's a wider range. Anything with human service. So I can cover social work. Therapy, counseling, it's just a right over range of stuff. Okay. Yes. So you wear many hats. Many. Okay. Um, so are you self-employed? Or are you working for an organization? You don't gotta say the organization. I work for an organization as well as having my own company, mm-hmm. Love Entirely, which is life coaching for cognitive behavior therapy. Oh. Yes. Okay. Cognitive we 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 heard about that oh, we, um, CBT, yep. Cognitive behavior therapy. C B T. Yes. Not C B D. No, it's two different things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to just trying to sort through the uh, facts here. Okay, all right. Um, so with that organization, what do you do with inside that organization? My organization, I work for um, counseling for rental counseling or homeless counseling. So it's just housing, pretty much. Oh, okay, yes. okay. And I thought you would like provide um, therapy to homeless people. No. Okay. This is actually to get them in the mind frame to find housing. So it's a little bit of therapy because a lot of homeless people suffer with mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm just trying to figure out why they're homeless. So yeah, it plays a part in therapy. Mm. That is huge. Yes. That is. Wow. Big ups to you. I didn't realize there were people out there who kind of evaluated the mental health of the homeless to see what led them to that point or what Definitely. got them to that point. So a lot of them suffer from depression. Um, you'll find a lot that's schizophrenic, mm-hmm. and that's why they're not able to um, find housing or sustain it because there's so much other things going on. Wow, so. that's good to know. That is. Good I mean, to I know. always like when I see a homeless person, I always think like, "Damn, what, what led them to be homeless?" Right. So now that I know, like, someone's out there trying to help them, like, I, I don't feel as bad when I don't give them money. Oh. Is that bad? It's not bad. <laughs> no. Okay. Because there's a lot of different situations for someone when they're homeless. So. Yeah. Because a lot of people I see, like, they, they, they 
say or they look like they're homeless, but they don't really be homeless. Well, homeless people have pride as well, so they don't have to look homeless. Well, okay, so you remember we was working about a creek, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like one of our um old employees told you, but there was a lady standing outside across the street from the mall raising money to send her daughter to college, but she was trying to play like she was homeless. Mm. So that was before the GoFundMe page, obviously. She was a hip then. So that was the same thing as a GoFundMe. It's no different. No, for real, for real, for real. Um, so, yeah, so that's why we got we got Sierra here because we already discussed the seven stages, but we want to um, let people know like we actually know what we're talking about. Yeah. Or a little something. And we'll discuss the five stages. There you go. The okay. original five you heard, stages. You seen that? Five. <laughs> she, she's okay. making it plain and clear, y'all. If I could snap okay. with this hand, I would have been like, five. <laughs> I can't snap with the right. I got to do with the left. Five. I don't know. Is there, any, is there something wrong with me? I don't think so. Okay, cool. It um, might be. <laughs> no, for real, because like, <laughs> I always tell this story when, um, when I shake hands with people. You know mm-hmm. how people snap after they shake hands? I don't snap. So I just like snapping their ear on the side. Who snap when they shake? People what? be doing that. Like they be like, mm, and then they snap at the end. <laughs> and every like, I be jealous every time they do it. Cause I'm you like, can't snap. Yeah, with that right hand. So I was just like, you know what? They just shake my hand. I'm like, mm. <laughs> with the left. Okay, it's not. A, it's, it's it's not about that today. Okay. okay. Um, Dad, how's your mental capacity? Mental capacity Wait, today. I'm sorry. I, I hate cutting you off. Um. So we do a segment called Mental Capacity Check, mm-hmm. and we just, are we able to handle the information that we're about to talk about today? Or what went on through life uh, last week or today or anything like that? So we just check our mental capacity. Okay. So Don, how's your mental capacity? Today, I'm feeling really good. Okay. Um, we Like we said, it's 11-11. Happy Veterans Day again. I have a birthday coming up, so I'm feeling energized. As do I. Um, Dang, it's yes. 11-11. Yeah, my son's birthday today. It is happy oh, birthday! Happy I'm birthday. gonna cut that out because it seemed like I didn't know, but I did. I, I know you did. That's probably why he's so tired. But yeah. we ain't talk about your mental capacity okay, yet. So. Okay, okay. K- Sierra, how's your mental? How's capacity your mental today? capacity? Um, it's good. Okay, I'm definitely ready. This okay. is something I do every day, so I've learned to push it down. Uh-huh. Focus on what I need to focus on. Are you suppressing anything? No, I'm not. You, come well, on. What now. are we pushing down? Right. Just like. Do you have a therapist? Outside stuff. I got to deal with my son, the husband. So Mm -hmm. when it's work time, I got to focus on work. Are you suppressing anything? No, I'm not, Ryan. Okay. Do I have a therapist? I do not have a therapist. I'm sure one day I will need one. Respect. Okay. Say less. All right. Um, My mental capacity. uh, So I always look at the glass half empty. I mean, half full. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And today, yeah, I'm I'm cool. This week was good. Um, A few little hiccups, but... Hey, I'm here now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like we said earlier, we talked about, or last episode, we talked about five stages of grief, mm-hmm. but we covered seven because mm-hmm. um, I had talked to Sierra um, before that episode and she was like, well, they are interchangeable and everything like that. So, let's discuss the five stages. Do you know offhand um, the five stages? I do. Okay. Um, the original five stages from Elizabeth Ross, her first book, A Death and Dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no particular order, but her original was denial, bargaining, acceptance, um, anger, and 
depression. Okay. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and do they go in a particular order? No. Each person will definitely experience different stages. Some may not even experience all stages. Mm-hmm. Some experience some and don't even know they're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you may stay in one stage longer than the other. Yeah. Everyone's different. The one thing with grief is that it's a personal thing. So it's different for everyone. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Okay. Okay. I like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Um, so let's let's just pick a topic or pick one of the stages and discuss it. It's up to you guys. Which well, one? let's see, because going throughout this whole process, everybody who's been on this journey with us, we covered a lot about um Ryan, because this is Ryan's room and the differences in how he dealt with his father's death, his brother's death, and then um his grandmother's death. So Ryan. Mm-hmm. Oh. multitasking um can you give us can we start with like how can you give her background i guess on how you talked about in the different episodes they your reactions were different you went through different stages at different times yeah um so it all started with my father's like that was my biggest that was the biggest death my father's death. how long ago was that that was six years ago 2014 Um, so I, I never really understood the process of grieving. I just went on about my day. Um, uh, fast forward to 2019, um, started to get a divorce. Um, then inside of 2020, that process, and then my brother passed and then my grandmother passed. So that I feel like is why I wanted to start this and why I wanted to go into therapy. So starting with um, denial, I, I never really, like I said last episode, like when I physically see death, I don't think I go through denial because I know what it is. I can say I probably go through shock, but I'm over it right afterward. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Look, if I get a therapist, I'm a, that's all I'm saying. What's wrong with me? What do you mean when you say you're over it, though? So with the I don't I don't feel like I go through denial. Cause like when my dad passed, I was there when it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, not there when it physically happened or when it initially happened, but I was there as they were like trying to do compressions and stuff like that. Um, but once everybody left the room and he was just there by himself, I was like, okay, he's gone. There's no denial for me. But you say that, but mm-hmm. you also stated that you thought you'd seen him other places. You thought that was your dad. So that's denial. You know, you say he's gone, but yeah. obviously you don't think that because you're Ooh. visualizing him. But what's, so what's wrong with that though? There's nothing wrong with that. Well. But you just have to, once again, another stage is accepting it. Okay. So, so when you say I see him. Or when I say I see him, mm-hmm. why is that denial? Because you know, you said he was gone yourself, mm-hmm. but how's he gone if you see him? So I see different colors because I'm colorblind, right? <laughs> <laughs> About to make okay. it make sense. Okay. <laughs> um, so I may think this table is dark green, but it's really black, right? It's black, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Where are you going with this, right? Because I'm just trying to figure out, like, 
just because I see him or I may think I see him or I may hear his voice. Is that like subconsciously like my brain telling myself uh, like that's you not letting him go? Should I, I but know do you hear his voice? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's um, you not letting him go. Which is nothing wrong with that, okay, but that is a say. part of denial. Okay. Dang. Damn. Yeah. So how can you let someone go? How can you? So I'm still in the denial stage. And that's perfectly fine. But like I said, it's a personal experience. So I can't tell you how to let him go. Yeah. That's something that you have to gradually do on your own. And some people hold on to their loved ones forever. Yeah. So if you're able to deal with that, then that's fine. Yeah. Is it healthy, though? It can be. Okay. If that keeps you going to know that. Every morning you might get up and talk to your dad one on one. If that what keeps you going, mm-hmm. then that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. But because so, with anyone else, it's not like that. It's just with my father. It's because you obviously had a stronger bond with him. Mm. Okay. Okay. Get me together. <laughs> you know that's what I'm here for. Okay. <laughs> um. So denial. What's another stage? Bargaining. Wait. Wait. No. It ain't just about me. We got Danisha over here. No, this is Ryan's room. Yeah, but you're but inside you, the room. I do want to come back to you for a moment because you did say something in regards to your father passing. You said 2014 mm-hmm. and then you went through a divorce when? Uh, it was finalized in 2020. So throughout the years, you don't feel like you dealt with his passing like you should have, which could have possibly played a major role into your relationship with others. Of course. Of so course. And even before then, like I feel like my upbringing is coming into play now okay i mean I've, I've always like so i was taught certain things as a kid and i felt like that was to my detriment taught what as a kid so like being a man that shit is toxic i don't tell my son to be a man okay um i know that's not what i'm here for today but we're <laughs> going to speak on that as well because so many people of color grow up not being able to express how they feel, mm-hmm. hiding everything. What happens in the home stays in the home. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And that plays a big part on our adulthood, female and she male. Pod now. Hello. Come on. So what you saying that, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone of color can relate, especially our generation. Of course. Because you seeing things, you hearing things, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You're depressed, sad. Okay, go lay down. You'll be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There was never any real help given. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'm not blaming the older generations. It's just a lot of people of color don't believe in therapy, counseling, and stuff like that. And I feel like now it's definitely coming back to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because our our thing is, oh, we'll pray about it. Right. Which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, you believe in what you want to believe in. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm all for praying. I was raised in church. Most Mm -hmm. definitely. But you have to be able to talk to someone else as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, if they say faith without works is dead, it is. So sometimes you you praying about it, and God telling you you go to therapy, and then all the signs are there to go to therapy, and you like I'm gonna just keep praying. You just need to pray about it. Some you gotta act Definitely. on some of that. Drake got a dope line that I, I he said I'm the type to pray for something and then go get what I pray for. Right. That's what prayer is. You got to pray about it, but then God is going to give you the tools, the strength to go out there and accomplish or get what you were trying to pray for. And I think people look at therapy 
completely different from what it is, Mm -hmm. which is why when I started my company, I say life coaching, because a lot of people feel like it's something wrong with them when they have to talk to a therapist. Mm -hmm. But if I'm helping you throughout life with different things, I'm just coaching you. Mm -hmm. You're making a decision. I'm just giving you the skills, showing you how to use them. It's up to you if you use them. So that's the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people, like I said, they're just scared to open up because they feel like they're going to be shamed. They feel like you look down on them. That's real. If they don't know how to handle their feelings. Yeah. So that's why I say, because what we're taught as kids growing up. So like, being a man, like my web, my uh, my artwork, all of those things I experienced at a young age, and it's like if you you can't like a certain color. I got I got on pink right now. Then my phone case is pink, and my AirPod case is pink. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't. It's like but it's just a color. I would say it's just a color, and I definitely understand you being younger. Your father saying you better not put that pink shirt on, but now I feel like it's different. Okay. A How do you feel about contract, uh, social constructs? How do I feel? Yeah. Um, I would say <laughs> Look, <laughs> some I'm be her, stuff. I'm be her therapist. <laughs> some stuff I am okay with. I'm gonna mm. be completely honest. With me having a son, yeah, I want him to be able to be open to everything. I don't yeah. want him shut in. Like yeah. you said, a color. Yeah. If you like the color, wear it. Yeah. But you wear it. You're not acting like a girl when you're wearing it that's completely different yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i with me having a son i do look at stuff like that but i will never tell him that's girl stuff yeah, yeah. because i feel like you're going to get to the age when you're able to separate yeah, male yeah. and female you know so i don't know nowadays though um but that's all another topic <laughs> but <laughs> before you even knew um about like really the ins and outs of the divorce and how you mentioned okay your father died at this point you went through a divorce at this this point and you connected those dots. We had previously talked about these things mm-hmm. as far as when his when he lost his father and he became withdrawn mm-hmm. from his family and he felt like he couldn't yeah. give um Emotional a lot of himself support. emotionally. And so um I just want to touch base on that because apparently she she knows she's talking about y'all because she connected them dots she better, real she, quick. Fifty thousand dollars. I don't know if it was fifty thousand, but I'm real just throwing quick. a number out there. Okay. Well, I actually remember when all that happened. I mm-hmm. think me and you just started working together, mm-hmm. and we used to talk about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I guess I never really got into detail like how bad it was, mm-hmm. but now that you said that, like I said, I know a lot of that probably played yeah. into that. However, I'm not a marriage counselor or a marriage therapist. It's very obvious if you're dealing with something and your significant other don't understand how to help you through that mm-hmm. or how to like get the help that you need, there's going to be conflict. So both of you have to be willing to go through the process together. Mm-hmm. And that probably would have helped a lot. Or 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 on that same toe. I mean, no, it's just like she may have to understand or he may have to understand what I'm going through, but I also have to understand how to uh, navigate through that situation as well. Because if I withdraw myself, then that's, I'm, I'm separating myself from my partner. Right. And she may look at it one way, but I'm like, no, I'm just dealing with something right mm-hmm. now. But it, it, but that stuff is still there. Those feelings are still there. Right. And you also have to be able to talk through that with the other person. Mm. Like you can't expect them to know how you feel or expect them to know what you're going through. How can I open, how can I open up when I wasn't taught to open up? Because every time, like, like we, we, we discussed on the um, uh, previous episode, we was just like, um, 
every time we come in the room with our parents or aunts and uncles and stuff like that, they always, oh, stay out in child's place or you don't need to be talk, speak when spoken to or some stuff like that. Well, that's that. not wrong. Staying in a child place, there's a lot that children shouldn't be around or shouldn't Right, hear. right, right. So that's definitely not wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's still t- teaching me to suppress. It's teaching me not to open up. It's teaching me like to, to go into a shell because maybe I do have something to say. Maybe I have not something to say like dealing with like I'm a, taught, like subjects. Yeah, but just, mm-hmm. yeah. But what if I need to express myself in that moment? Because they because parents don't know what kids are coming to them to discuss or right. to say or whatever. So if if I'm in here talking to Donnie, if we all sitting here right now talking, and then my son come in the room and just say, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy," I'm like, I'm like, no, get out. You see grown folks talking. Mm-hmm. He may be dealing with some stuff, and I just don't know. But I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing here. It's just that. I'm not even focusing right. on what he... And there's so many other ways to go around that as well. Instead of saying, you see me talking, give me a minute. Yeah. I'll be right with you as soon as I'm done. So yeah. the child won't feel like you're just pushing them off. Mm-hmm. They know that you're hearing them mm-hmm. and you're open to talk to them. You just can't do it right now. Okay. So, Do you want to go into depression a little bit? Because obviously withdrawing is a sign of depression. Um, yeah, we can go and into And what depression. that can look like. Yeah, we can go I'd into... love to hear more of... Um, Miss but I don't want you to shy away from your your uh, issues. Yeah. So you want me to rotate over to yeah. Her? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don like no nigga. This is Ryan's room. I'm just visiting. <laughs> I just be sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this name is absolutely amazing for like what y'all talk about though like seriously you, you think so yes it's amazing okay gas me up it, a little it bit it holds so much like it can be anything so yeah. i appreciate that but yeah that, that's that's the reason why i uh named it ryan's room because um it's it's a metaphor into my brain mm-hmm. and i kind of want it on my artwork i kind of wanted the walls to like mimic a brain a little bit mm-hmm. um but it, it didn't work out that way but um, so like, so like in the artwork or the graphic, it, it has being a man on the floor scared. It has um a bed in there, and it says sexual abuse, which is spelled wrong, but that's on purpose. Um, then it has misplaced anger, stress on the wall, TV is depression, social anxiety on the computer screen. I got a mirror in there, and it says not I'm not enough or not enough. You definitely don't have social anxiety. You you think when did you get that? <laughs> so about that episode <laughs> i mean i i, I kind of in in a way i do i just deal with it well you are pretty good at hiding it oh yeah i definitely okay. like that's something i definitely definitely suppress like okay. i i get nervous i get anxious in large settings right i've never knew you to be shy in front of people but that's what i'm saying because I, I suppress it okay but it's it's kind of like acting to me. That's why I feel mm. like I can be an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't cry on However you demand. deal with it, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not healthy, though. <laughs> Should I be suppressing my um, anxiety? Social anxiety? Yeah. I mean, the more you do this, you'll definitely get over it. Because it's yeah. just like practicing. Mm-hmm. The more you interact with people, the more you public speak, you'll get over that without a problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So really, um, you're dealing with it. Right. By doing this. Yeah, I took a communications class in college, and they was like, I was just like nervous. The first day, he said, "Okay, read a chapter or pick something from the book, and you're gonna get up there and present it." I said, "Say what?" Yeah, there's even um public speaking little courses you can do, like three hour courses online. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So let's get into another stage. We don't want to get off topic. Sierra is she's a therapist. <laughs> Time is money. 
<laughs> so what's another stage? We we covered denial, mm-hmm. and we covered. Did we cover shock? Well, as it rolls into, um, I said bargaining. Okay, what's well, okay. shock? Is you can say it's part of denial. So okay, yeah, okay, okay. Um, next we can discuss depression. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, which I believe depression is the biggest and the most serious stage. But again, everything is different for each person. Depression is the stage that hits you and you don't even know it's there. Um, you usually stay in that stage a lot longer than the others. And the big thing with depression is, is that it can lead to so many other mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So that's the stage that I feel like if you feel like you're just stuck and you can't make it to the next stage, that's when you really need to reach out for help is when you get to that part. But you have to recognize that you're stuck in that stage because a lot of people just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. Right. So once again, that goes <clears throat> back to talking, just talking to someone or even having that support group when they know that, okay, something's not right. You've been sleeping too much. You've been just not caring long enough. You coming outside looking hot ass mess. This ain't you. Like you have to have someone that knows that you're changing because you're not, especially if you're a type of person that's not going to speak it on yourself. Like you don't, want people to feel sorry for you or whatever. So you're mm-hmm. trying to deal with it yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's when that support group really comes in. See, and that's me. Cause I, I deal with depression by myself. Like I said, I sleep mm-hmm. it, when, when I immediately go through something, I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm about to escape this reality. Like I don't self-medicate in that moment or in those moments I will sleep and I can sleep for days. And then my sister, shout out to my sister. She'll always be like, um, I'm worried about you. Right. Are you okay? Mm. Even when I'm like, girl, I'm fine. Okay, but you been asleep. I called you. You were asleep. You did the, you, are you sure you're okay? Like, I'm feeling you and something ain't right. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, I don't want to cry. Find, you got to find that person. I always stress, find that person <laughs> that you can open up to. Right. And my brother was that person. Like, even when we're talking about this now, he's like, he'll be like, bro, you good? And he'll give me a certain look. Like, he was like, you good? Like, he mad. Like, mm-hmm. you good? I'm like, yeah, he's like, nah, you, you good? You need some? I'm like, nah, I'm good, bro. But then in the moment, I just open up to him. So with your brother no longer being here, do you feel like you have someone else that can take that place? So so different friends can take up that space. Because like I interact with my f- friends differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like I can talk to Don. I can talk to Troy. I can talk to Calvin. So it, it's different. Shout out to Cal. Hey, hey, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's just like um, Troy. He 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 give me room to breathe, and maybe it, it may be too much room to breathe. But he gives me room to breathe because he'd be like, "Bro, I already knew about what you were going through. I just wanted you to come to me." Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here where you need me. Like that type of stuff. Calvin, I can go to Calvin and, be, and 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 just talk. You know what I'm saying? So, and not to say I need Troy to be like Calvin because I need that from Troy. I need him to give me that space to breathe. And then when I finally come to him, we have a three-hour conversation. You know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. with Calvin, it'd be, I go to him like I go to Don and, and we just be talking about it, about it. Okay. So, well, my brother, like, he'd recognize it and be like, bro, you good? And then I'd just be like, no, nah, bro. <laughs> That I got some dust. Got dust. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what was that? Uh, depression. Depression. Okay. Yes. But with my father, though, how I dealt with that, I was depressed because right after the funeral, or even after his death, I was just sad, sleepy, not interacting with my family. 
Mm-hmm. And that like ultimately probably drove a wedge between me and my wife at the time. Right. So, yeah, I, I went through depression, but I don't know how I got out of it, though. I honestly and, don't know. I mean, a lot. It depends on how bad your depression is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people self-medicate, like you said, which in reality makes it a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking to someone. I'm big on writing everything down. Mm. Um, journaling is so very important because you may feel one way today when you wake up mm-hmm. tomorrow you feel different but you're able to look back on how you felt and that shows that you're making progress mm. whereas if you just hold it in your head like i can't go through the day i'm wore out i'm tired you don't re- always remember that yeah. because it starts to mess with your mental health yeah so writing stuff down always works okay yeah okay i'm here for that I don't Definitely. really write down a lot of stuff, um, but I keep a mental note, though. And then, like, if something comes up, I remember it. Like, oh, I felt that way at that but time. But keeping that mental note, especially if you're always already someone that's um, going through, like, anxiety and stuff, mm-hmm. having that much held in your head makes it worse. Yeah. That's why once you put it on paper, it's out of your head. You're done with it until you need to go back and look at it. Okay. Okay. Like what is release. Like, you releasing. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a way to, like, get out of depression? It could help. Okay. It definitely could help because, again, that works for anxiety, depression, stress, anything. As long as you're removing it from your headspace mm-hmm. over to somewhere else, mm-hmm. you're able to focus on more things and to get that progress going. Okay. okay. So, an example. Sorry, I'm brain be thinking. If you have a computer and you got too much space, I mean, too many things on your computer and you yeah. don't have enough space, then you upload that to like a hard drive hard drive exactly and then your computer is able to function a little bit faster you're able to download more things you're able to Mm -hmm. perfect example that's a perfect example yeah smart you were smart just like your brain burns out just like your car motor would Mm -hmm. like you're constantly Mm -hmm. using it you're gonna burn out point blank period and is your brain a muscle I think it's a muscle, yes. So just like you work your body, <laughs> just like you work your body, you should work your brain, right? You Definitely. Should. And that's why they have little brain teaser skill games, to mm-hmm. keep, especially as you age. Mm-hmm. They have all those games that keep your mind focused and stuff. Like Sudoku. I love Sudoku. <laughs> I love it. But that's actually, believe it or not, a great way to deal with depression, too. If you can find something like that that you like to do, mm-hmm. because once again, it's taking your mind off what's causing you to be depressed. Mm-hmm. So little games like that, listening to music going outside for a quick walk it sounds corny but that helps so much quick question what's the difference between that and self-medicating i mean i know it's a difference but because like if i smoke weed or if i drink it's going to take my mind away from the problems that i have to deal with right now so if i'm playing sudoku it's still going to take my mind away from the things that i have to deal with right now but sudoku is that how you pronounce it i I don't know (laughs) Sudoku, sedu- it's not seduce harming your body in the long run. Okay. You drinking fifths after fifth, you're harming yourself. Okay. okay, so that's the difference. Okay, but but the action though, taking my brain away from what I need to deal with. That is that comes to coping skills. You have to have the appropriate coping skills. Drinking is not an appropriate coping skill. Got you. Playing games, going for a walk, that's appropriate because you're not harming yourself. Okay. It's actually healthy. Yes. Okay. So I got to put down my Hennessy. And- Some people, I used, um, <laughs> honestly, like, 
when I was working. Mm-hmm. It got so overwhelming, like being back and forth traveling different stores. I would take a good 10 or 15 minute and just go in the back room, office, bathroom, whatever to myself and just breathe. Because mm-hmm. you can feel when you're getting like to the point like you about to break down. You That's can't you take this do? no more. I just have to get away and just be like, give me 10. I'm like, what's your girl? She in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Taking that mm-hmm. 10. Yes. So you need that no matter what you're doing. Yeah. When you feel, you can feel yourself getting to the point like you got to give me 10. Mm. And that's very healthy. I don't tell people I need a break. What do you I just disappear? deal with it. Like I said, I make people feel comfortable around me and I would take on all of that. That's what I do, Sierra. So I, I try to make everyone around me feel good, be comfortable. And that way I know everything is okay. I would deal with whatever I'm dealing with internally. That's horrible. That is a I horrible know. way to deal. I, know. I mean, it's common. It's, how do you, it's yeah, common. I deal, I, literally, that is how I deal yes. with things, too. It's very common. And once again, that comes from the way that the color community was raised. We are taught to take on a lot and not show our emotions. Yeah. So that's very common. But mm. like I said, in the long run, it's going to affect you. Okay. It will. No, I just wanted to say something on the fact that if we don't deal with these emotions that'll show up later, she yeah. just made it make sense for me. Um, because at the beginning of quarantine when we were shut down, I everything was piling up and I was like, I didn't know I could feel anger this way. Yeah. I didn't even know I was this angry. Right. And it was just like little triggers, but when you look back on it, it was not small triggers. It was just things that I hadn't dealt with building up, building up, building up and coming to the surface. Mm -hmm. Cause I always say when I get angry, when I get upset, then I'll just like play the drum and take it all out. But it makes sense now because it, I wasn't just angry because we was in at home all day. No, I had to deal with my shit. Yeah. Right. And And you were stuck to deal with it. You ain't have nowhere to go. Everything was closed. So you're sitting in your shit for three or four months you're sitting in it you're like forced to deal with it and then now. people keep dying around you mm-hmm. and it's not even just in my life we're going through this globally as people of color we're dealing with this cops killing black people it's right. silver war like all of this is going on i'm thinking i'm just angry because another black man got killed but no i'm just angry because i ain't deal with everything else on top of having to deal with the right. system that's all jacked up right so oh anger <laughs> which can be the next step is anger and anger, as you said, it plays a big part because it can be something that happened three or four years ago. And this one incident of you losing someone, that all comes back rushing. So you may be mad that you just lost a close member, a family member. But in reality, you mad about something that happened so long ago that you pushed to the side and tried to act like nothing was wrong and everything hits you at once. Mm. So that plays frustration, mm-hmm. irritated, like with anything and everybody. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be around anybody. And a lot of people might think that's depression too, but you just irritated. Like everything bothers you. And that's a big part of that too. Yeah. Mm. Just out here angry. Don't mm-hmm. even know. Yeah. I like I suppress my anger because I don't want to react in a certain way. And it depends on what's causing your anger if you should suppress it mm-hmm. like if you just went outside and somebody cut in front of you that's a totally different type of anger mm-hmm. but when it comes to the grief process the, that part you don't want to suppress that because you're never going to move on to the end which is accepting it accepting. so it depends on what causes your anger okay. 
So even if I, so I should get angry. Definitely. I don't want to because I'm going to do something different. That comes again with coping skills. You can be angry and not be in prison is, next week. I shouldn't be doing it. It depends on. <laughs> and I just don't want to do it. What like, and again, that's a good, sounds corny, but you can get mad and go somewhere and just yell for a minute. Go throw something, punch something. That, hug a tree. That release that anger. She say hug a tree. You can do anything to release that anger. Okay. As long as you're not physically harming somebody else. Okay. If you want to harm yourself, go punch something. That's on you. Okay. Oh, my dad died. I punched the wall. And you feel better. You released a little bit. I did, but then my mom kind of got on me because it was her wall. <laughs> okay. As she should. <laughs> She's like, but I got to fix that. I said. As she should. I'm going to fix it. Mom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but there's so many different ways. Any stage of this, there's always some type of support group or someone that you can talk to that's going to help you with any stage of this. Strip clubs. I'm not sure how that will help your anger. Um, but I, I don't know. Because I just, it's because I've been in, I get angry from seeing who they're letting strip. So <laughs> I'm not even sure how that helps you. <laughs> Yo. No, you see, I mean, listen, I'm with you on that because some, some strip clubs I go to, I'm like, she just had a baby two weeks ago. <laughs> she just had a baby two weeks ago. She in here stripping. What? Um, so anger. What else can we uh, do to um, release that anger? There's a lot. Like I said, talking to someone. Any mm. of these steps help so much if you can just talk about it. Okay. Talk to someone as to what makes you angry or why. You, a lot of people don't even know why they're angry mm. because it happened so long ago. Like, you don't even remember why you woke up irritated as hell. It could have been something that happened months ago and you just thought about it. How can you get to... Okay, so people don't have um, the funds or the means to get therapy. Exactly. And what, it's not needed. But, but what tips can you give someone that can, like, allow people to open up? I would say... The right questions. The funds thing may have been a problem. 10 years ago, mm -hmm. before social media became so big. Mm -hmm. Now there's so many free apps to help you meditate, mm -hmm. learn how to deal with stress, depression. There's so many free support groups. Mm -hmm. Like money is not an issue. It shouldn't be a reason why people can't get help because there's so many free places that you can do it. Even if you find like YouTube been through grief before, find four other people. Y'all can form y'all own little group and say every Thursday we're going to meet to talk about what we're feeling like. Mm. That's helping you because you're getting to experience what they went through. You're mm. able to release what you're feeling. Mm. Money should not be an issue because all it is at the end of the day is just talking about your problems. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that idea. People, a get with your friends, get a group together, start, start yes. talking about your grief. Start dealing with your issues. Just pick and up check on gyms. your friends. And yeah. check the happiest, smallest ones, everybody's going through something. Ooh. That's the biggest. Everybody's going through something. Because you never knew, like, you, you never knew that I had social anxiety. Because I would never I, have thought that. Ryan, it was times when I didn't want to talk to people and I made you talk to them. Oh. And you didn't have a problem with this. No, so. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> because, like I said, I, I act. I put on for, like, because I don't want to be socially awkward. Mm. Yeah. So that's why I take on people like problems. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you call that when you can sense people's like pain? Empathy. Empathy. No, no. You, you, it was a word that you said. When you take people Empath. Pain. You said you were empath. Is that what that is? Yes. Empathy. You, you, you didn't want me to tell her that? 
No, I just said empathy. You said no, empath. No, empathy is when you're able to basically relate and you're able to relate to what they're feeling. But what she said, feel other people. Like she said, when she hugs people, she can like. I can feel that they're sad or that they're going through something. And there's moments when I'm crying. I'm like, this is not mine. These are not my emotions. This is not. This is me taking on somebody else's junk. Mm -hmm. So I have to separate what are really my emotions and what's really coming from someone else. Right. If that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I said that because like, that's what I do when like, say you hug me and you Mm -hmm. can sense that I'm sad. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't need to hug you to know that. Okay. Maybe she's a little nervous. Right. Let me make her comfortable. So you can feel other people are uneasy. Yeah. So I do that. To try to make them feel better about yeah. being around you. Yeah. Ooh. So that 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 plays into that social anxiety. That's yeah. not a bad thing, but in your situation, if you're already going through so much yourself, mm-hmm. you're torturing yourself by care- picking up somebody else's stuff. Sometimes I don't really care about certain things, too. I just, well, it's life, and then I just move on. But is it really? It, it, yeah, because it keeps happening. So it I rationalize it. So I'll be like, damn, so... Like with death, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, that's why I get through it so easily. That's why I can sit here and talk about certain things because I'm like, it happens. It, it's going to happen. And when it happened, okay, I'm sad, but then I, I, I pick up the next day and I keep it moving because life goes on. I don't want life to pass by. And is that something that comes here? Because we talked about this a little earlier with the more experiences that you have with death and grief and these different things. Does that make it easier for you to deal with it as it continues to come? Definitely. The more you experience it, you're better prepared. Like, you know what you're about to go through. And that's just like with anything, like take it back to your high school sweetheart. You was madly in love. When y'all broke up, you was crushed. But now as an adult, you know, okay, I'm going to get over it. I'm going to be better. I'm going to move on. Yeah. It's the same thing like your experience. So you already know what's, mm-hmm. how it's about to go. With grief, there's so many different situations. Like I said, if you already know someone is expected to die, like a terminal illness, and they say you have three months to live, you're already preparing yourself up to lose that person. Whereas an instant murder you just heard somebody got in a car accident mm-hmm. and they died. That's completely different because mm-hmm. you're it's shock, like you mm-hmm. said, but you weren't prepared for that. So mm-hmm. you're going to experience different stages in that altogether, just depending on how the loss happened. Mm-hmm. So can you, um, cause you said that you go through different stages at a certain time or different times. People go through different stages. At yep. Different everyone's going to experience it at different times, different ways. So how can that play into healing or, yeah, getting through it. Actually, like, okay, you're, for you, uh-huh. you've been through so many different experiences with death. So now, as you said, you don't, you're not in denial. Mm-hmm. You're not angry about it. So you're skipping all of them and you're going right to acceptance. Okay. Is that good? It can be. Okay. If, you've honest, if you're honest about it. But if you're just talking, saying, yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Once again, you're hiding all them feelings. But if you're actually honest about it and you're yeah. able to move on with it, uh-huh. then, yeah, that's good. I, I care about it, but I just know, like, I, I have the mentality, like, life goes on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can't just sit in my, me personally, mm-hmm. because I don't want people to I'll be out there and be like, well, maybe I need to do that. No, that's just how I deal with it. I, I'm like, okay. So, like, when my brother passed, right, um, 
the day after or like the week after the funeral or whatever, I was just like, you know what? I can't stop. I can't, not to say I can't sit in my feelings, but it's just like, I got to keep going. Right. I got to keep doing this. I got to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, so with your brother, I don't know much about the situation, but I do know that he was in the hospital for a bit before he passed, right? Mm -hmm. So that even that experience alone is a lot because now you're in the what if. What mm -hmm. if he lives? What if he dies? Mm -hmm. So that's a whole nother experience in grief. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really know what to expect at that point. Yeah. So that adds a lot more to getting over the process. Because you can look at it and be like, okay, he going to make it. He going to be okay. Yep. The next day, the doctor telling you it's nothing they can do. Exactly. So your emotions completely flipped. Mm -hmm. Everybody looks at death differently. Everybody. And again, you can pull in the spiritual part of that. A yeah. lot of people, just because your body, you're physically not here, mm -hmm. a lot of people feel like their loved ones are still here. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because you like, you're taught that spiritually, I'm still with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that actually helps a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that helps a lot of people. Okay. Good. I, now I don't feel as bad now. Yeah. About my, my, my mental. That's why I said in the beginning, grief is a personal process. Like, everybody is going to do it completely different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so we, we covered depression, denial. And anger. And anger. And... What's the we name? did a little bit of bargaining. We okay. did do a little bit of bargaining, yeah. but can we talk about that a little bit more oh, about what that would look at? Because on yeah. um, last episode, we were trying to like really understand how we bargain, but Sierra brought some some clarity to it as far as Lord, if you let this person live, I promise I go to church every Sunday, mm -hmm. and that's bargaining. Bargaining is just bringing in a higher power. So whatever you believe in, that's bargaining. Um, what if people don't believe in anything? What if they it? don't believe in anything, I mean, that's still, let me see another example if you don't believe in anything. Just telling yourself, if she gets better, I'm going to work, so she ain't got to keep taking care of me. Okay. Anything like that. Okay. Like, just telling, yeah. Okay. 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 If this happened, then I'll do this. Yeah. How was that good, though? Bargaining? Yeah. It's just a stage, one of the stages. It's not necessarily good. Okay. Because they all tie in together. So, again, bargaining goes back to denial. Mm-hmm. Like mm -hmm. you're asking mm -hmm. God, please bring this person back. But in reality, you're in denial because they're already gone. Mm -hmm. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Because I'm thinking like when you say the seven, seven stages of grief, I'm thinking like every stage has to be something good for you. No, it's just things that happen. That happens. Yeah. Oh, OK. Honestly, I think the only stage that's meant to be good for you is the last stage, accepting. which is accepting it. Oh, OK. That's the. One that's supposed to be good for you. Okay. Yeah. So when you accept it, right? Well, are we still on bargaining? No, we can we, do whatever you guys want to do. You want to still talk about bargaining? No, I just wanted her to yeah. make that explicitly clear. That's okay. We're good on that. Um, let me see. How do I bargain though? Um, I don't. I don't think I do bargain. I'm pretty sure you did the first time, like with your father, because that was your first major loss. Mm -hmm. I'm sure at some point you thought that, like, God, please, if you let him get better, mm -mm. was he sick mm -mm. or? Sure, this man. It was sudden. <laughs> this man, it was sudden to us, but to him, it was like, yeah, it's about to happen. Because okay. he was like setting stuff up or telling me at least. Like, so, did you bargain with him? Mm -mm. Okay. I didn't. Not that I know of, because like when he passed, um, he was, before he passed, he was showing me certain things to do and how to do and stuff like that. And then he would like say like certain things, like, hey, man. I'm never not here. Just don't let nobody do this. Or mm -hmm. you, you got to know how to do this and stuff like that. 
And I wasn't thinking nothing of it. And then two days later, he just passed. So he was prepared then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, yep. it, it was sudden to us. And see, in a situation like that, had you had went and got help, mm-hmm. you may have looked at it in a different way because that makes it a lot easier too. Mm-hmm. When someone dies or they're dying and they're prepared, it should ease their loved ones. Like, they're okay with it, so they need me to be okay with it. But how should we be okay with death? I think you should absolutely be okay with death. I mean, I'm okay with it. Because it's going to happen regardless. It's going to happen. And if nothing else, this past year should definitely let everybody know it's going to happen. And it's out of our control. Out of our control. That's, That's what evolution is. Everything has to, something has to die in order for something else to live. Right. I mean, I don't know. That's just my ignorant mind. <laughs> I don't know if it's ignorant, but that with death comes life. With life comes death. So yes. it's a cycle. And again, everyone does not look at death as a bad thing either. Okay. So especially. Well, I ain't gonna say especially, but like um, Midnight Gospel, mm-hmm. <laughs> how they uh said that how how um what is it? The mortuary, how they started. Like it's it was a it was a um what was it? It happened during the wartime and they wanted to preserve the body and so they made they capitalized off of it. So dumb people probably don't look at death the same way we look at right. it. They look at it, oh it's a business. It's I hope you die. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> And honestly, throughout like my schooling, when I was in school for my bachelor's, I had to take a death and dying class. I hated it. I'm like, why do I need this class? Because it's part of psychology. Oh, so I had to take that class. We had to plan our own funeral. We had to pick the age we was going to die. Who was going to pay for it? Like, it was so intense. What? We had to go to a funeral home. Mm-hmm. It was like real. Um, but as I started doing it, it was not that bad. Like, mm-hmm. because it all made sense. It was like, pick, like I said, picking an age. Mm-hmm. How you can determine how old your kids is going to be. Who going to be at the, it was like, it was real life. Did it get fun to you? Actually, it got fun until we had to go into the funeral home and actually like. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So it made a lot of sense, though. At first, I did not understand why I needed that class, but it definitely made a lot of sense. Oh, so y'all was really hands on. So did you have to yes. sit in the casket? No, we oh. did not. But we picked oh, out our goodness. casket. We had to pick one out. We didn't get in it, though. Um, do you um have that in plan now? Like have a plan like that now? Honestly, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I know I probably should. Why don't you just um, use that? The, mo- the best thing I got is life insurance. But as far as like planning <laughs> right. out a funeral, no, I don't. How you feel about that? Like, should people really plan out their funeral and plan everything out? I think so. Um, okay. Especially if you know that it's going to put a burden on your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Why? Why not do it? It makes them. It makes it a lot easier for them. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it one day. Uh, I- I don't want to have, well, how should I start that conversation, right? Mom, sorry. But how should I start the conversation with her and Black Mom? Do you have something in play? Just like that. And, and that, I mean, it just started the conversation when she sees this. Even if, you, <laughs> even if you just start by asking if she has life insurance. Mm. Well, she, she, so we, we discuss certain things mm-hmm. and she'd be like, well, if that happens, um, you will know what to do. I'm like, how how will i <laughs> so like, like i said even if you ask if she has life insurance because if she don't then and if you're the oldest it's up to you to go and get it for her 
Because you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be left taking care of everything anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest of six. Okay. Well, somebody needs to get it if she don't have it. But I'm, I might be... Well, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I'm the youngest of six. But, um, <laughs> well, her, she has four. Um, but, yeah, so I may be the one in charge of things. Right. So why not make it easier before the time comes? Mm-hmm. That really, I mean, that will help you. And it's already a stressful time. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to add more stress to it. My mom watches shows, right? <laughs> she watched the millionaire kill- killers or whatever it is, like the, the famous people that be killing, mm-hmm. the kids be killing their parents for the money. I don't want her to think that I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm sure your there's mother sh- would not I don't think. Mean to- <laughs> no, there's a show out there. She was like, uh, "Well, how about you start with a small policy? Don't go crazy." No, no, no. She has big. all of that stuff. <laughs> she, she, she has all of that stuff in play. It just she, she would tell me like, "Okay, if something ever happened to me, you would know." Yeah, and that's stuff. again that just goes back to the mental illnesses that color people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Death. They don't want to talk about it, yeah. but it's something that you have to talk about in order yeah. to be prepared. That's right. Okay, acceptance, which is the last stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always the last stage, or is it, we go through that. This way. is the last part that they want you to get to. It don't okay. matter. I mean, if this is a second stage, then you're done. You don't have to go through all the other stages. Oh, if you feel okay. like you can get to the acceptance before you mm-hmm. and skip everything else, then you're done with the mm-hmm. grieving process. Is that good, though? It's good. It, it's definitely good. A lot of the grieving process plays on your coping, how you're taught to cope with things. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So acceptance. What is acceptance? Um, when you're able to say this person is gone or this situation is gone. And I don't know if I already said it, but when people hear grief, all they think about is losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. You can, like I said, lose a job, get a divorce, anything that you held dear to you and you lost it, that's grief. So Mm. accepting it, like you said, you lost your job. It might take you a few months to realize you ain't got that money coming in. But after a while, you accepted it. Now you're learning how to do what you need to do without that same amount of cash. You accepted that and you're moving on. And death, you have to, you're accepting, I can't call my mom no more. She's gone. Mm-hmm. And again, I just, one of my cousins just lost her mom and she still calls the number. Mm-hmm. So right there, that tells you she, she can't accept that. She can't handle that. Her mom's not picking up that phone. How do you view visiting grave sites? How do I visit grave sites? How do you view it? So say you're looking at me and I'm going to visit a gravesite. I think that's part of acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know now that they're gone and this is this is where they're at. Okay. So I think that's amazing because a lot of people, it's been years and they still ain't went to the gravesite because mm-hmm. that's never, how you know they can't deal with it. I never mm-hmm. visited my father's gravesite. Right. I just so don't the do day, that. The day that you get to that gravesite, I can absolutely promise you, you're going to feel better. No, I, I don't think so because when we buried my my brother... Or we buried my grandmother. My dad was around that, uh, around that, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel no type of way. I honestly didn't feel any type of way. I, I don't visit grave sites. But you were still burying your grandmother, and I, so, and you didn't go with the intention of trying to feel visit, better, right? I play certain music so I can cry. <laughs> Let me tell you how bad it is. <laughs> like, I don't. So, Ryan, it is definitely safe to say that you have not, you're not in acceptance. You haven't accepted any of these deaths. It's Dang. safe to say it. 
I need a therapist, dog. And See, I'm a, the longer, let me get my insurance together. I'm the longer, like I told you, it ain't about money. You don't have to pay for it. Find the group of people that's been through the same thing you're going through, because it's always somebody that's feeling the same way you feel. Yeah, but if I'm giving someone advice, or I don't give advice, I just tell people my story, and right, maybe right. you can take through take from it what you what. And you that's do. what you're supposed to do. But when I tell certain people, like I'm thinking that I'm at a place where I'm cool. I'm not. You're not. I can tell you you're not cool. Damn. Because you're def- cool. you definitely haven't made it to that last stage <laughs> at all. You haven't made I it. Haven't? And the reason why you didn't make it, mm-hmm. because you did not deal with that very first death. Mm. That's Damn. why you didn't make it. Had you had dealt with that the right way, you would have been onto something. What? Maybe we need to make that a, a, a field trip. We should what? vlog that. Going. To the grave. Mm-hmm. I think you it's, should. nothing's gonna come from it though. I'm I'm just gonna let y'all know that right and now. And see well, right now, how how do you know that? How I, do you know that? Because I'm a thug. I don't cry. Mm, okay. I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to cry. You don't have to cry, but just being there and being like taking a deep breath mm-hmm. and you're gonna release so much. I promise you. Not, I'm, I'm not gonna feel nothing. You are irrational. You know no, I swear to God. There. You're not gonna know until you actually get there. Because I I know what it is. Like it's a corpse. It's a it's just it's just there. But you know, people go to grave sites just to talk to their loved No, no, ones. I'm, I'm talking about me. Like me personally, I don't visit grave sites because it's no one that who am I talking to? Okay, but if you don't know what that is gonna be like, you can't say what it's gonna right. be. Like. You don't but who know. are you talking? You you told us you hear your father or you see him. So how, why is it any different than going to the tombstone to with his name on it and talking to that? Um, because it's something that I actually would have to do. Like it would be something to where I go there and see him, or not even see him, but I just go there to try to see him. Like no, it's, there's no one there. And then versus, oh, if I if a guy walk past his room, I'm like, oh shit, I look like my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. Or. It, it may be a sound or the way someone says something that may remind me of my Yeah, father. there's always going to be things that remind you, definitely. Yeah. Always. And that's like I said, with any a job, a divorce, any loss, it's going to be mm-hmm. something that reminds you of that. Yeah. Always. So. Yeah, but when I visit grave sites, because I've, I've, I've been there like the, the year after he passed. We all went. To, my brother almost uh, set the tree on fire. <laughs> she released. We released a lantern. Yes. And um, and they clearly say don't do those by trees. <laughs> it explicitly Listen, says. Q, you know, Q. He hard headed. But we released it, and, and the tree caught on fire, and like it was about to set a blaze, but then it just went out. But we went there and, and visited, but I didn't feel no type of way. Well, maybe you should go by yourself with the intention of just accepting that this is his resting place and just talking like they're like you said, you're not talking to anyone, but you're getting it out of your head. Just saying whatever it is that's on your mind at that time, just speaking it. I do got some things to say that nigga too. I ain't gonna lie to you. So just just left me at this point in time. No, for real, though, like I really believe that my father was here because he died two months before my wedding and Mm -hmm. two days before my birthday. So I believe if he was here, my life would be a lot different now. Okay, let's back this up. Your father died two days before your wedding. My, two days before my birthday. Oh, I thought you said your wedding. Two, two months, months before, before my wedding. wedding. So you were dealing with so much coming into the marriage. Yeah. On top of bullshit I was already doing. Well, I know that much, but... 
as, but you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so much. So you you kind of set yourself up for failure. Is what you did. So I should have waited to get. Married? You should have got the help that you know you needed instead of suppressing it. I, well, I was I did uh, ask my mom. I said, should we call this wedding off or whatever? She's like, no, nah, you gonna get married. I said, all right, because we already had invested money into it and everything. Right. So. Like, nah, so day one going into the marriage you was emotionally unavailable definitely mm. that's why i said you set yourself up for failure damn i can't wait to get a therapist i need to unpack that you do you have to unpack it and the sooner the better i'm toxic what? <laughs> that's just not the words we grief. use. It's just a lot of that's grief. Not the words that we use. That's the words that came to mind when um I I heard that. Damn, that's crazy. It's just yeah. a lot of grief. You just never stopped. It just kept reoccurring in your life, and you never took the time to deal with it. I feel like I would never be loved again. So, because of the death Ooh, or uh the divorce. Hmm. Okay. Properly. So I feel like I'm toxic. I feel like no one is gonna. So you got a whole bunch playing right now. Mm -hmm. You're gonna definitely need two different type of therapists. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, they have therapists just for grieving. Uh huh. You also need um, relationship counseling. I need Doctor Ish. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Doctor Ish is? No. Like love at first sight or marriage bootcamp. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But no, dude. seriously, like there's a lot and you can pick where you want to start at because yeah. it's all going to tie into each other. But from the first time that you lost your father uh -huh. and you decided a few months later to go get married, you did not deal <laughs> wait, with. Wait, 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 wait. You did not deal with what you were already going through. It wasn't that I wanted to like, like it was just like, oh, let me go buy a car today. No, no, no it wasn't that. No, it was something we planned. I know your mother told you not to call it off. But you also got to look at your wife's part of it. Like, that wasn't fair to her that you brung her into that when you knew mentally you were not there. See, but that plays out. That, that's a whole nother thing. Like, when, when, you, when your relationship is toxic from jump. Okay. You, you, you just, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a lot that plays we're into We're not going to get on that. Like, yeah. So like stay said, tuned for next counselor. season. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a marriage counselor, but I can definitely. No, 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 no. I'm, this is side something personal. You, you know that. This I is personal. Like, I'm talking yes. about your mentality as a person, though, mm -hmm. and, and how that plays into everything in your life. Right. So, like I say, I always go back to the, I was always taught to be, and not to say that my father was a bad person or my mother was a bad person for teaching me certain things. It's that no fault to nobody. It was just that that's what they grew up with. That's what right. they grew up with. That's you know what, what our community that's what we know. That's yeah. all we know. So I put that in, and I take that in and I and I go through life and make my own choices. So but it's just the tools that I was given wasn't the proper tools. Right. To go out there and build a foundation. Right. And it's never too late to practice the proper tools. Oh, I yeah, mean, I'm a, I'm a they're learner. available everywhere. I'm a learner. So it's now. never too late. And then to pass that on to your child as well. Mm -hmm. So when he comes up, he lives a completely different life. That's why, um, that's why now I just be like, yo, I can't, I can't teach him the things that I was taught as a, as a, um, as a kid. So, and I always, I'm gonna say it at the end of the show, but, um, damn, I want to take it back. Cause you said, and we're going to get out of here in like in a couple of minutes. 
But you said that I need a different type of therapist. Yes. First thing you need to figure out, what's the first thing you want to focus on? Because you can't go into therapy with not even knowing what you're there for. Like mm-hmm. you want to pick one thing that you can focus on and deal with that first. Yeah. Because usually once you deal with that, everything else is going to fall in place anyways. Okay. So, so what type of... If yours is you want to deal with the grieving part, you want to deal with the divorce part. Like you have to pick something or you just want to deal with the part that you don't feel like you're able to be in another relationship. Like pick one subject yeah. and go from there. Okay. Mm. I got you. I'm going to pick a therapist. Um, one question I do have for you. How the hell do you not bring your work home? Um. Or do you bring your work on? I don't, but there is in my life, as you know, I have so much going on mm-hmm. personally in my life that I feel like my job is a way for me to push that to the side for a minute. Because mm-hmm. I know that I'm able, I know I have the right skills to deal with it. So let me help the people that don't have those skills. Oh. That's how I look at it. But as I told you before we started this, I'm more into helping the homeless and elderly that's my heart like mm-hmm. mental health i do it because i know black people need it yeah but my heart is more with the elderly and the homelessness okay but i'm just saying like if you see your sister if people don't know who she is she got a twin mm-hmm. yes um how do you like interact with like your friends family members and see something that they're doing wrong or it's toxic or it's a detriment to them i deal with that every day with a few of my friends that i do have And I look at it like, once again, I can teach you the necessary skills that you need to better yourself. It's up to you to take those skills and use them. Mm -hmm. I did my part by telling you Mm -hmm. or teaching you this. Mm -hmm. If you decide not to do it, that's on you. Because once you get to a certain age, like people are stuck in their ways and they may not have the proper coping skills. Mm -hmm. So as long as I gave that to you, if you don't use it, there's nothing else I can do. Okay. Do, you, <laughs> do they get mad? I mean, a lot of people may call, and I'm so open to talking to anybody. Like I said, when it comes to depression, stress, anxiety, just the littlest thing, call and say, I'm mad today. I'm irritated today. Because most of the time, they don't even want my advice. Mm-hmm. They just want somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, I'm like, does like, Sharday ever say, Sierra, I just need you to be my sister right now, not my therapist? Yeah, and that's the thing. I I want so many people to know that. The therapy title means nothing to me. Like, I went to school. Mm -hmm. I got the degree. Whatever. But I'm still a person. I cry. I get stressed. I get depressed. I fight. Cuss. You know how I am. Yeah, we know. Mm -hmm. So that title means nothing. Mm -hmm. I go through the same thing everybody else go through. Only difference is I know how to cope. Yeah. That's why I asked you, like, do you know when to turn it on and turn it off? Definitely. Or do you bring it home? Yes. And I might go home irritated. I'm never going to say irritated. It's a lot. That I get like down because of somebody else is going through something like I may be helping a lady that's homeless with three kids. I'm like, dang, I wish I can get her a house right now. I wish it didn't take this long. They had to be on the waiting list. So stuff like that gets to me. But I have to keep in my mind that you're doing the best you can do. There's nothing else you can do. That's how I view life. I only can go through life with the tools that was presented to me. And you have to that build. I mean, that brings a lot of stress to you if you don't look at life like that, because if you constantly feel like you can fix everybody problem, Mm -hmm. you can do everything. You're just adding more stress to yourself. 
on another note, heard. Jesus Christ, you just got my life together within those little <laughs> few seconds. Um, yeah. <laughs> so at the end of every show, Sierra, I would like to thank you for uh, thank you so anytime, much. guys. Coming. Anytime. Yeah, this and insight um, was great. Yeah. So if I see like a a, a, a statement on my insurance. Oh no. You will not. You this me. is like I said, skip the title. Anybody that needs help just to talk, I'm here. Can you list I mean, can you give some like uh resources that people can use that are struggling or that don't know where to start? The best thing that I can say is just dial two one one. Um not four one one. No, it's two one one. It's community resources. It's community resources. And basically you just it asks you, are you depressed? You suicidal. It's a whole variety of things. You mm. push that button, they're going to take you to who you need to go to. Mm. It's as simple as that. But again, with social media, there's so many free like support groups, especially now since everything is online. You mm. get a Zoom meeting. People that you don't even know from all over the world, but they're going through the same thing that you're going to. Yeah, yeah. And for some people, it's easier to talk to people that they don't know yeah. because they don't feel like they're being judged. Mm. With me, I think that a lot of people don't come to me because they know me. Mm-hmm. And which is, again, why I said I don't say therapy or none of that stuff. Just come talk to me because that's really all you need. Yeah. Like, you ain't got to worry about me saying, oh, sign right here. I'm about to charge you. Like, no, yeah, just yeah. call and say something. If yeah. I don't get back, I mean, talk to you, then I'll get back with you. Yeah. Because mental health is so serious and people need to take it serious. That's right. Yeah. What's the name of your company? Your life coaching company? Love Entirely. Love Entirely. Yes. What's the website? www.loveentirelylifecoaching.com. And just to verify that, I'll make sure you get it. And you okay. can repeat yeah. it again. Yeah, and I'll put it in the notes, <laughs> the description. Um, yes. Yeah. So, with that being said, I, like at the every after every episode or at the end of every episode, I say this, I don't know if it's a mantra. I don't know what it is. I just say it because that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I say everyone is born a hammer and you decide what you do with the hammer. Either you're going to build with the hammer or you're going to destroy with the hammer. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Don't take Look it. At in, you. Don't put it in a book. Look at you. Don't, don't, don't take that. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But again, I've told them without the proper coping, yeah. you're going to you're gonna destroy. destroy. Yeah. So because I'm trying to rebuild a foundation and what exactly. better tool than a hammer? Definitely. And a lot of people don't learn until they destroy themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to get to that point and actually start over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And that's where I, I'm at. I'm starting over. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I'm, I, I tore the house down and now I'm trying to rebuild. This time. And that's my un, re, unlearning. You have sticks. This time use stones. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good note. That's a good way to end. Appreciate you, Sierra. Thank <laughs> You're you. Welcome. Thank you, Don. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You are welcome.